Hi, I'm Lippy. And I'm Grumpy. Together we're Lippy and Grumpy Do Podcasting. In this episode, our consumer advice has worked, Grumpy's breakdown, last minute ordering and the Dorking Sicario. Now, Lippy. Yes. We have offered consumer advice. We have. Well, we. I have. Yes. Yes. Yes, to be be correct, you have. Yes, indeed you have. Yes. From Minimat. Yes. And he downloaded the Too Good To Go on Lippy's advice Mm. and picked up this massive haul from his local Nissa Stroke Co-op. That was. Petrol station. And there's, a, there's an Indian takeaway for two and a whole bunch of other stuff. That, Little, uh, like, lunch was, salad, uh, pasta salads, wasn't it? And Yeah. Oh, and a packet of crumpets. Ooh, I mean, packet of crumpets. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, mm. that is dinner and a few lunches, I would yeah. say. If for four pounds. A, for four pounds, provided you can play a little gung-ho with the used by dates or sell yes. by dates. Yeah. Well done, Lippy, and thank you, Minimat, for letting us know. Definitely. I think I'm going to have to use it. I still haven't used it myself. <laughs> Been a bit busy since I found it, so. I'm looking forward to use it when we're in Swanage over the next two yes, weeks. Yes, that's a great the, idea. Yeah, the Greg's down there has an outlet, if that's the correct term. <laughs> so. <laughs> we'll go with it. Yeah. So I think uh, I think we'll do that. That'll be an interesting experiment, if nothing mm, else. Definitely. And I also had a Missy from the Screaming Tomato who pointed out I made a bit of a um, faux pas. You made a blunder. Quite a big one, really, by <gasps> suggesting that... That was my sink. <laughs> <laughs> Jolly good. Well, I possibly get that scene too. Yes, I suggested that the sun has its own orbit... Of yes, it no. we orbit the sun. Yeah, what I meant was is that it wobbles, and I have found a couple on of articles atlas? to back me up. On its atlas, is that? What I don't think called? it'd be on its atlas. I think it'd be what? axes. That's the one. <laughs> atlas is <laughs> no. Well, hopefully, two wrongs make a right, and they're okay. So the sun orbits on an atlas. That's what yes. we're going with. <laughs> yes. Perfect. We could start a conspiracy theory. So I'm sure we what could. This very in-depth and very technical article that I didn't completely understand suggests because the planets are in different positions, then and the mass of the planets has an effect on the sun, then the sun can move relative to other planets. So, mm. for example, the sun can be slightly closer or slightly further away to the Earth, dependent on you know the big planets like Jupiter and Saturn. And oh, smaller ones as well. So it's not it's not all fixed. It is wobbling about a bit. Now there's a hypothesis called Milankovitch cycle, which also talks about the distance between the Earth and the Sun changing. Oh. So it's not fixed. The idea is it goes in cycles and it affects Earth's climate slightly for a period of time. And it's a little bit like the Moon's orbit wobbling that we yes. discussed last week, and that having an effect on tides so we're on our holly bob soon you are on your holly bob soon i am actually quite jealous i would like to be going earlier yeah so we've got two weeks in swanage in a field and i have constructed this enormous cellular phone mast yeah in an attempt to have decent 4g coverage down there 
for reasons unknown at the moment. But uh, it's an interesting experiment as to whether we could actually work from the camper van rather than that's the, it's having to be at the home first home. test of working away. It is very much the first test. It is untested technology, but it is a twenty-six foot telescopic pole with a area on the top so it'd be interesting to see what happens yes and no doubt there'll have to be another lesson on the differences between wi-fi and internet for oh 100 certain individuals 100%. yes absolutely so we're looking forward to that and we're taking a bit of a break for four weeks so we're not producing mm. any new material during august but we will recycle some of our old stuff so there will be the something best to bits to. well it's not the best bits i was thinking about this because means i'd have to edit stuff from lots of different things into one and i'm too lazy to do that that is so true that is true it's going to be four not you episodes. being lazy sorry that bit's well, not that true is... the, the lots of editing <laughs> yes so we will do best of at some point so it'll be a little while so anyway so you won't miss out on us but we will be back on the first friday in september now you had a bit of a shock last week i had a massive shock I I rang you. That's how shocked I was. Yeah. I needed to tell somebody how shocked I was. I was scrolling the internet on my lunch break, as I frequently do, and saw a video, someone going, the moment you find out you're older than Google. And the video was this lady looking super shocked. And I was like, oh, how, I wonder how old Google actually is. Looked it up. I'm older than Google. Yeah, it's a worry, isn't it? It's, I think for me, obviously, I grew up, I'm 1996, so although the internet was still like being born and whatever and Google started when I was a child, by the time I came to actually use things like a phone, my phone didn't have internet on it that I remember being able to know how to access. And like computers and things were at school, we didn't really use the internet, we'd just use like Word and stuff and PowerPoint. And then, so by the time I actually used the internet, I was probably like 12-ish, 13. So Google had been around for a long time by that point, And then Google was on most computers. So I didn't even think about a time where Google wouldn't have been on the computers. Yeah, the thing is, if you're born, you know, when you start working, whatever, mm. when that thing is readily available, you just take it for granted. It's yeah. the same as hot and cold running water in homes or vacuum cleaners or refrigerators even you know you go back 70 years then refrigerators weren't that common so it's it's yeah you just yeah take it for, take it for but granted it made it did make me feel old i'm coming across a few things in life at the moment where i'm like god i am getting old and that was definitely one of them so there's a theory that says one human year is the equivalent of seven internet years a little bit like we have dog years and cat years now, this is an article written in 2016, and it's saying, if you say the commercial internet kicked off in the mid-90s, which it, it did, um, mm. so around the time you were born, it was still dial-up, but we had dial-up service from home, yeah. and then laterally from the office I shared. Uh, 20 years later, 2016, is 140 years of change and evolution. Crazy. Which, when you think about it like that... yeah. It's very different. That and is. you would quite happily accept something being around for 140 years without yeah. giving it a second thought. So it's tough. You know, I'm involved in software development and things are changing at such a speed. Mm. It's difficult to keep on top of it, but it does mean that you can build things better and faster than we could 30 years ago. So although I was shocked I'm older than Google, technically in internet years, Google is still older than me. 
So. Oh, very much so. Yes, very, very I'll much I'll take so. that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, you can multiply that uh, age of Google by seven. That's fine. Yeah, perfect. Absolutely fine. Now, I got into a bit of a pickle last night. You did, I heard. Yes, ended up joining the M25 and there was a bit of a misfire in the car and the engine management light was flashing, which is can't be a good thing. No. So I decided to go on the side of safety and pull to the side of the road. And, um, well done. And call Green Flag, who sent somebody out very quickly, I have to say. He was out yeah. within 40 minutes in his van with his little reader, which he plugged in. And then he spotted the fact that I had a diagnostics reader on the front seat as well. And he said, oh, you've already plugged it in. I said, yeah. I said, oh. <laughs> I said something about transmission, which popped up this morning. I said, it's come up before. I don't know why it does it every now and then, sort of five or six years. And the way to fix it is to grab the automatic shifter and just go forwards and backwards about 20 times quite quickly. <laughs> I think what it does is there's a, there's a sort of an actuator switch and it gets gummed up with a bit of grease. I think okay. it cleans it. The, the problem, it clears one fault code, which puts it into, locks it into fourth gear, which is dreadful if you're trying to get anywhere because you're mm. desperately trying to move and not. But it doesn't clear the engine management light. Oh, so the light still uh, thinks there's something The wrong. light's still on until I think you've done about 20 restarts without the fault, and then it just disappears, if I remember correctly. Oh. But I can't find anything to back this up. But the misfire seems to be, it's certainly not spark plug. Well, I don't think it's spark plugs. I've had them out today. Probably a coil pack. But the chap, Tim, who then picked me up about uh, 40 minutes later and recovered me home, he was very interesting. Was Quite he? an interesting chap. He's a, yeah, he's about to move to North Wales to drive... Ooh milk lorries collected milk from farmers um, because he says oh it's a 4 30 start he says i'm finished at half three and nice. i don't have to work weekends and apparently he's been working nights for the last five or six years so yeah that would be lovely change won't it yeah and he said it's the same money as well which is Might as well yeah, then. brilliant so, and living so. in north wales probably be cheaper as well possibly he's not far from chester i don't think but he says he's got oh, a cracking okay. view across the the d and onto the Mersey. So, yeah, nice. good on him. That's a brilliant move. But he was telling me last week he picked up a Range Rover that had broken down. Mm. £80,000 this car cost, and yeah. it managed 75 miles before it had to be recovered. What? And he said it, he dropped it off at the guy's house, who was, as you would say, clearly minted. Yeah. And then <laughs> there's a customer service rep from the garage stood there telling him that it will be five, six days for diagnosis and then possibly six weeks for repair. And this bloke went ballistic. He was he Dang. was not at all happy. Well, yeah, you, you wouldn't just be after paying yeah. And then you yeah. lose your car for six weeks after seventy five miles. Seventy five miles and eighty thousand pounds. That's not so, even a year's worth that's even not even like six months worth of driving. What, seventy five miles? Yeah. But that's two trips to you about from here i mean that's yeah. oh my god yeah <laughs> that is 75 miles it? yeah absolutely absolutely he's probably driven like two places three places yeah absolutely god. absolutely crazy crazy but i think it was resolved i don't think he was too keen on having the car back to be honest no i think i'd want a refund yeah absolutely reject it but we're also talking about smart motorways which mm. is quite a controversial topic well, the government like them because it means you can add a lane quite cheaply. And yes. the rest of the UK doesn't um, <laughs> doesn't like them because they're very dangerous. Yeah. And he was saying apparently the advice they give you if you break down in a live lane is to stay in the car. No. Seatbelt on. Yep. Seatbelt on, stay in the car. Stay in the car and wait to be smashed into the back of? Well, apparently there was a phone call 
was recorded and has been released of a guy who had broken down and he's saying i really don't feel safe i've lost everything there's no lights on the car it's dark and then the next thing you hear this enormous explosion as a transit van piles into the back of him he survived but he was in Thank a bit God of a state as that. you can imagine well i don't think they would have played that if it, he'd if be it suing been the government for that well it's it's crazy and as far as they understand they've we don't do politics on this program we don't we do do statistics <laughs> so do. i think the statistics of how safe they are have been they massaged somewhat and also the electronics and the gear that is supposed to detect when a car has stopped which is is, is fundamental to the system so you can spot within seconds that a car has stopped and activate the lane closed sign so they reckon the none of that exists very few miles have that in place Mm. Something like a 20 minute delay between breaking down and them closing the lane. That is utterly ridiculous. And they're still pushing ahead with this. And the other thing he was saying was that if you notice on these smart bits, there's refuges. So where they sort of dug out of the 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 side of the road and put something where you can stop. They're supposed to be every mile and they're not. not. So they've just finished the M23 around from the M25 down to Gatwick, yes. a smart motorway, and they're having to dig it up again because they have refuges in every mile. It's so it bad. Is, well, the problem is it's, you know, it's dealing with people's safety, and mm. it's just not. Bad. I don't think I would stay in the car. If I was told to stay in the car no. on the side of a motorway, I would not. I would get out. Because even in the hard shoulder, you're meant to get out, aren't you, and stand Absolutely. behind the barrier. Well, that's the advice they give. Yeah. I mean, I sat on the bank last night. I mean, I was on the slip road, so I was quite safe, but I thought it was probably best not to. Uh, so I sat on the bank, but actually walking back down the bank was more dangerous, I think, than sitting <laughs> in the car. And I'm surprised I stayed on my feet. But the last thing I'm going to say about smart motorways is, this chap was saying, the government advice, if you're recovering a vehicle, then that's fine. You can stay in the live lane with the cross on it. And the whole of the recovery industry has gone, no, we're not doing that. You shut the mm-hmm. motorway. Which is yeah. why you get the holdups I had yesterday morning going to where I was going because somebody had broken down or there'd been an accident and the whole lot had just jammed up from the M25, M26 junction all the way back to the A22, mm-hmm. which is why I went through parts of Kent I've never seen before. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it was quite nice. Scenic <laughs> could have done route. Yes, could have done without that, to be honest. But uh, yeah. So I made a bit of discovery about the Dorking cat killer over the weekend. Yes. Apparently, it's not only cats. It's not, it's, is it? <laughs> there's been an incident with doves. Yeah, a couple of doves as well, not just one. Yes, we won't go into the grisly details. I think we're going to rename the Dorking cat killer to the Dorking Sicario, which is yes. Mexican for hit person. In some ways, good to see a branching out, but uh, in other ways... Not so not. good for the animals. <laughs> Definitely not so good for the animals, but that was that was very funny. And she was mortified when she realised I'd overheard that conversation. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I remember a slight squeal of your name come out of yes. her mouth when she realised. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh, you had a trip to Coolmore. I did. The day before last week. And you were telling me of a light problem getting into a cider place. <sighs> Are we allowed to name the cider place? Yes, why not? Yeah, why not? So we, I was with my friend, same age as me, been friends for years, and my other friend, her sister, who's also my friend, lives down in Cornwall. So we went to stay with her a couple of days. And one of the things she told us to do while we were there is go to the Rattler Cider Place. 
it's really cool. They've got like a farm. They've got like a massive tour place and they've got like a beach area where they've got drinks and like a bar. Um, and it's meant to be like really good fun and really interesting to go around. And they do apple juice and like loads of different stuff there. All sorts of flavoured rattler. So we got there all excited, just big, massive tin things looking cool. Went up to, walked in the door, a lady at the desk said, oh, two adults. And we just said, oh yeah, I think so, yeah. And she was like, uh, can I see your IDs then? And my friend being the forgetful type had actually left her purse in her car back at my house ah, <laughs> in Hampshire. So, I mean, we're not going to drive four hours to come get it. So I said, oh, I've got my ID and my friend hasn't. And she was like, oh, well, where is it? And she's like, I've left it in London. So, cause my friend's like, she lives in London. Um, so she's like, so I can't like go and get it for you. Like I, I don't have it. And next thing you know, she turns around and goes, well, you can't come in then. <laughs> and we were both taken back by surprise a bit. We were a bit like, sorry, what? It's a child, child friendly place, says online, child friendly farm. Loads of kids walking around. We kind of just walked away thinking, that's really weird. So we have a little walk around the shop. And I just said to my friend, I was like, maybe go and just ask a bit more about that. Like, surely is a child-friendly tour. You can go in. You don't have to be ID'd. So my friend went back over and, and said, there's kids around. Is there not a way I can go in and, and not be ID'd? Because obviously I haven't got it, but we would really like to come in and have a look. No, no, you can't come in. I haven't seen your ID and you're an adult, so you, I can't come in. Then my friend goes, well, can I come in on a child ticket then? And she said, well, no, I can't let you in on a child ticket when I know you're an adult. <laughs> my friend's which replied, well, you don't know I'm an adult because you haven't seen my ID. <laughs> so this, she obviously still said no, she wouldn't let us in. But that moment, we were both a bit baffled thinking, well... She's not an adult because she hasn't got an ID, but she's also not a child because you know she's an adult even though you've not seen her ID. Yeah. So we were kind of a bit annoyed and my friend sent a very angry email to Rattler about, about the whole situation. Ooh. Yeah, she did. She was really annoyed about it because there, there was like, like a toddler in a pram going in. There's no, there wasn't much understanding as to why we couldn't go in. So as we're walking back, we spotted that the beach bar area was not actually inside the tour it was in the car attached to the car park so we thought oh we'll go and have a look and see what that is so we had a little walk in sat down there's loads of tables it's really cute we had lovely weather there was like loads of games there we were playing connect four and some other games as well so I sat down and, and my friend goes do you know what i'm just going to order a cider and see what happens and they served her didn't ask for her id <laughs> how bizarre is that i think it Honestly. must be schrodinger's cider factory if you see what mm. i mean so it's you're both an adult and a child at the same time yeah and it's it was, very bizarre not to have a, a non-drinking That's what ticket. we said. And when we sat down, we could have gone back, but at this point, I think we were just both over it. We sat down and I just said to my friend, I don't understand why she couldn't charge you for an adult ticket and give you a child wristband. Because I yeah. think the issue is that there's tasters. So if she'd yeah. had an adult band on, that she would have been given tasters and they haven't ID'd her, fair enough. Like we're 25 now, but like she still looks 10. <laughs> so isn't 25 the cutoff anyway? So it is. It's look 25. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So but we don't understand why there wasn't a way for her to give a band that just showed that she wasn't hadn't been ID'd and like hadn't been checked, so she couldn't be given samples. Because also there were mums and dads there with their kids, and what if they hadn't brought ID? Surely they they'd probably let them in. Yeah. Well, I get. I mean, you both look. Perhaps a little younger than 25. I see. Which, 
yeah, you could say that as a compliment, I suppose. Not having a non-drinking ticket yeah. like, does seem to Singer. be turning business away somewhat. Yeah, because the tickets weren't that... I think they were like nine or ten pound each. So yeah. that's 20 quid they lost themselves yeah. there on a quiet Thursday. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So yeah. it seemed, um, seemed a bit baffling to us, but she still got her drink. I had an apple juice because I was driving, but it was a very lovely apple juice, actually. I would highly recommend trying the rattler apple juice has there been a reply from rattler about this no that has not it has been fully ignored to be honest i think if i had received an email like that i probably would have ignored it as well i don't know so well it depends on the content of it but i think the uh, the purpose of it mm. is is quite sensible it really. wasn't rude it was a polite angry email more of a we were very Un, like confused about what had happened and why we couldn't get in to a child-friendly farm. We just wanted to pet some animals, you know? Well, maybe a cider factory is not the place to go for that. Then. Well, the other place that we got told about, an ice cream place where you can go and watch like the cows being milked and the ice cream being made. But that was close because of COVID. But we did buy yeah, ice course. cream from there and they do make it fresh and it was amazing ice cream. Yeah, but it was. So yeah, we were trying all day to see some animals and we weren't allowed. What a shame. Now, we've had quite a hot period over the last week or so in the UK. In an attempt to cool down, I was reminded, something my dad always said, having a hot cup of tea on a hot day would cool you down. And I think there is some science to back this up, but I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. I, I found myself drinking hot tea and getting in quite a state last week. The way it works is the tea raises the temperature of your body, which helps you then feel the cold air. But I feel like you would need to be drinking tea like 40 degrees when it's 30 degree weather. You but have the to be air is like not cool nor dry. It's, it, was, it was roasting. Yeah. Not to put too fine a point on it. And if that's true, why is the reverse not true? So the RNRI, when they pluck somebody out of the water, they don't give them a cold beer. They give them hot tea. Do you know why that is? Because they because put... they're not a licensed boat. No, <laughs> it's because they put sugar in the tea and the sugar helps with the shock. So it has nothing so to do with the heat of it. It reduces your shock, which then can cause a lot of other worse things in your body to happen when you mm. go into yes, shock. Yes, shock, shock is, is quite bad. So that's why they give you tea, because it has sugar in it. Not because it's hot. Not because it's hot. So would you recommend somebody with hypothermia having a cold beer? Well, no, because that's the other way around. Yes, exactly. You're too cold. So if if you're hot, have a hot drink. If you're cold, have a cold drink, is what I'm saying. And I wouldn't expect the latter to work. No. Strange, isn't it? But I'm still not convinced about the hot drink thing. But it might be me. Well, you are going through your male menopause. I don't think so. You're bloody. You're always bloody boiling. I am, but that's due to wonky thyroid. Male menopause. <laughs> anyway, moving on. I was horrified to find out my sister cleans glasses by dropping them in the bath when she has a bath and giving them a good old clean. No. Yep. No. That's she not clean this. water. You can't clean something that, with dirty water. That was exactly what I said, but she seemed to think it worked fine. I guess if she's the only one drinking out of them, then it's... No, not no, no. Looking glasses, not drinking glasses. Oh my glasses. God, I thought you meant... Ch- it was literally <laughs> in my head like, that is really disgusting. <laughs> that, that would be. No, she has oh, the no, bowls, yeah. but not the glasses. Yeah, you can clean your seeing glasses. It's water, isn't it? Well, You're going to wipe water, them down but... anyway. It's fine. Well, yeah, but we clean water. It's drinking <laughs> yeah. glasses. Honestly, in my head, I was like, I did not know this. That is actually well, really disgusting. Uh, and I hope I've never drunken out one of those glasses. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Seeing glasses doesn't note. seem so bad now, does it? <laughs> does it, does it? No, I must make a note to warn you, not spring this on you. Oh, mind you, it's in the notes. I just have reading glasses, just yeah. glasses. Yes, well, moving on. We had a wedding at the weekend, which we've known about for about two years, I think, because it's Mm. been postponed due to the word that we don't mention. But um, your sister decided to leave it until a week before, before ordering new shoes, which hadn't turned up by the time we left. I don't even think she left it a week before. I reckon she ordered those on like the Tuesday, Wednesday to come for the Friday because we left quite early on the Saturday. So a Saturday morning delivery was a no-go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this has happened before with other items where it's mm. been left to the beyond the last minute and then there's a there's all sorts of drama because it hasn't yes. turned up. Just organize, organize yourself a bit better. Yes, it was rather shocking. I did, I'm, I won't lie, I did do the same, a similar thing, a similar thing. I, I on Wednesday saw, oh no, on Thursday, saw a pair of shoes online that I really loved and I thought they would look really cute at the wedding. Had free next day delivery, so I thought they were going to be coming on the Friday. They didn't. They came Saturday morning after I'd left because obviously I left earlier to get to you guys on time. But they were a last minute, I like them kind of shoes rather than the shoes that I needed. I had the shoes I was going to wear and they were like backup shoes that if they had come, they would have been nice with my outfit. And actually, they came and they were a bit pinker than I thought they were, so they wouldn't have gone with my outfit. So double win. Well, that was that was lucky. I do find it amazing that people order shoes that then so uncomfortable they can't Mm. walk. And in fact, it was better to walk on the quite large gravel driveway than it was in in the the shoes. shoes. I know it shocks me as well because I wore heels and I was also not drinking because I was designated driver. My feet were absolutely fine. My shoes mm. were perfect. They're comfy. I know they're comfy. I've worn them a lot. And I was wearing my heels all, all day and all evening. Yes. My shoes are a little bit tight, actually. But I think that's oh. because I've not worn shoes for the last 18 months on a regular <laughs> basis. The uh, the wedding party were shocked to see you not in pyjamas, I do yes, think. Yes, I, <laughs> I think that was a surprise. Either pyjamas or shorts. There yeah. were a few comments about possibly having the pyjamas under the clothing. <laughs> Yes, there were there were a few, wasn't there? Yes, I managed to order a very nice blazer a few months back uh, from a company, and I was really impressed with them because they'd obviously put a lot of thought into sizing, mm. and they encouraged you to take different sizes. I think it was about one pound twenty extra you paid, and then you could just send everything back. And I had there was two blazers, two different blazers, which I got in different sizes, but unfortunately the first one had disappeared. I was out of stock, rather. And I was horrified to find about a week ago they sent an email saying, oh, we're closing down. Oh, no. They would have been my outfitters of choice. Not that I buy a lot of clothes, it has to no. be said. But that, was that where the stripy blazer came from? Yes. Yes, yeah. it was. Yeah. Could you not do a, a haul? Just buy whatever stock they had left? I looked and they only had very small sizes. Ah, oh, shame. Yeah, it was a shame. shame. They're real shame because they had some great boat shoes and all mm. sorts of stuff as well. And that was a great jacket, which you got a lot of compliments on. I, I did. I did get, and it wasn't a loss of money either, which is even better. Yeah, double win. So last week we talked about Stan Larkin, the man who had his heart in a backpack for 555 yes. days. So I did a bit of research into this. It's quite quite an interesting story. So Stan was born with cardiomyopathy, which you being fully trained up on Grey's Anatomy, you'll know all about. Yeah. I know what so that is. So it's, what is it? <laughs> no, it's to do with your heart. It's an issue with your heart. Yeah, very good. So when a the hole, heart muscle maybe? become 
No, it's not a hole. It's the heart muscle becomes enlarged. Heart eventually loses its ability to pump blood and maintain a normal heartbeat. I am reading this. I don't know this. This is not medical advice <laughs> at all. So 25, he had a heart operation to remove it. It started nine years earlier when he was playing basketball, where he just collapsed. You know, similar sort of thing to what we saw with the Euros. Yes. A few weeks ago, that sort of, well, just drop-dead thing, which is really quite... Mm. Uh, terrifying. Quite horrendous. Yeah, terrifying. So they removed his heart from the from his body, and they had to wait for a donor. So they, they constructed this artificial heart, which is nothing new. That's that's not particularly new. A couple of tubes that came out under the ribs, which give me the eebie-jeebies, quite frankly. Yeah. Uh, I can't... Yeah, that... that I, I find that, yeah, thought of that quite unpleasant. Mm. And then bung the heart in the back. There's no information here about any redundancy in terms of batteries or hearts or things like that, which is a shame, so that'd be quite interesting. His younger brother, called Dominique, has also suffered the same thing, and he wasn't able to be up and about with his artificial oh. heart, so he spent six weeks in hospital with it with the artificial heart before yeah. they found a replacement for him so i assume he's well and fit and, and carrying on isn't it? yeah which yeah. is quite amazing and there is a youtube link on this article but i don't want to watch it in case it's actually open heart surgery yeah, and I'll no, pass thank it up. You. so i'm not going to do that but i'll give a link to the <laughs> to the the article it's very interesting so it was uh, good to find that wasn't total hogwash sometimes these facts that you can yes. find Yes, a little bit. It's, it's not exactly as the, the title says, is it? No, I saw one the other day which said that the front cover of the famous Nirvana track with the baby in the swimming pool yeah. was Dave Grohl. And, and I thought about this. Is it, well, that doesn't work out. Dave Grohl's not young. No. And that was that was in the 90s. And I read this and thought, this is just total nonsense. <laughs> and he then went on about him getting recording contracts on the basis that he'd been the baby in the swimming pool <laughs> i just thought this is just wrong that's crazy I mean, it's complete nonsense at all yeah right? you, you've only got to gibberish look yeah wikipedia and find out that's just not the case at all mm. anyway we had a bumper crop of rhubarb yes! from, the, from the allotment and produced quite a big um tub of stewed rhubarb in the fridge mm. which is slowly going down you've got to think about as much again i know i'm so excited i haven't cooked any yet that's my uh, plan for tomorrow so i'm gonna mm. make i'm gonna make a rhubarb pie because i love oh, pie and i love lovely. rhubarb and i love rhubarb pie with custard yeah that would be very nice mm. yes we we had it with custard and i put a picture on instagram some people thought it was something really quite unpleasant yeah it doesn't look that edible rhubarb when it's all stewed down it looks a bit weird but it tastes absolutely marvelous and it was very green and i thought it had to go red but that's not the case obviously just a supermarket thing where it goes red so we cooked about just over one and a half kilograms and i guess yours is probably maybe a little bit under that Mm. and there's as much gain left on the plants august is the cutoff time you don't harvest it after august so I shall pluck the last You better get chopping then, bits. yeah. I, no, I'm going to pick them up and take them down to Swanage with us with a few oh, peas. Nice. Some of the peas have, are just about turned. Things have been very odd, I have to say. I was speaking to the chap next to me, who's uh, he's been there 30-odd years, I think, and he's got a four-size plot. And I think he feeds the family for quite a substantial amount of the year with it because he was, he was saying his pota- potatoes, his tomatoes Potato. have got blight. <laughs> 
there was a connection there because he had trouble with the potatoes as well. But yeah. the tomatoes all got blight, and he's saying, oh, "I don't, I don't know what to do." <laughs> he said, yeah. "I've tried to get, I've tried to get some plants from the local garden centre, but they don't have any. So mm. no tomatoes this year. It was a bit sad. <laughs> but buy them from the shop, which I can imagine <laughs> shop." bought things after growing your own vegetables is probably not very nice no well we'll find out with the onions about how good they are over the next couple of weeks so they've not dried nicely just in time for the the rainy weather this week yeah so i've got a big big lump of ground where the onions came out and i'm wondering what to put in there for the winter potatoes i think and i read about that well we don't tend to eat potatoes Uh, so much so probably not worth doing I have got two broccoli plants in the garden that are growing incredibly slowly. Uh. Whether they're going to make anything or not, I don't know. Broccoli is normally spring. So it's stuff that you can overwinter. So the onions were perfect. So they went in in the autumn with the garlic. And then they're ready to pull mid-July. So that, that oh. worked quite well. And you don't have to do much with them as well. No, so they just live underground. Massive. Yeah, just there. And when they're ready, you pull them up. Oh, what about spring onions? I had much luck with those. There seems to be a number of creatures just seem to like eating stuff from my particular plot and not bother with anybody else's, which is slightly annoying. And I'm going to have to do something quite major with the, the fruit cage in terms of gun turrets because something's got in there. A's eaten all the strawberries. We've not had one this year and has had a go at the um, gooseberries as well. Although there weren't that many on the bush. I think the odd weather this year has, has upset it's quite a lot of them, yeah. vegetables and fruit. And you sort of feel feel more for the farmers after watching Clarkson's Farm. I have to yeah. say that's done more more for people understanding farming than than anything else. Yeah, definitely. So, do you have a top tip? I do have a top tip that I learned today, and I've tried it. It was in the process of working when we started the podcast and was being very annoying in the background for a bit. <laughs> so, my top tip is if you put a dishwasher tablet into your washing machine and yes I am saying the right things that helps remove any excess dirt that is hiding inside the drum that you can't normally clean out interesting so do you just put the dishwasher tablet in the drum or does it go in the drawer in the drum wow we've got a cleaner that does both can go in either but that's a really good top tip yeah it's a little little handy track and also I read an article from washing machine company saying that it wouldn't ruin your dish your washing machine by okay. doing that so if you try this and it ruins your washing machine then we've got the address of somebody's contact that's not, not your me. home address yeah <laughs> very good oh, my. give that a go what about the other yeah. way around for cleaning dishwashers put washing powder mm, in not so sure about that no, that's, i don't think that's going to work so i have a car related fact because i realized this is the only way to get car information into this podcast said a few things about cars today yes but that was an event mainly about breaking down down. so this is about ford and girling brake calipers so in the late 70s and 80s ford used girling brake parts on their granada range and they were very critical of, of the tolerances in these brake calipers. So they'd get a batch, they'd take a few of them out, they would measure them. And if they weren't within tolerance, they would reject the whole batch, it would go back to mm. Girling. So Girling decided that they would take this batch and then offer them to another motor manufacturer, and which they did. And they never had any returns from this motor manufacturer. And guess who it was? Who was it? 
Rolls-Royce in crew. No. So you could argue that Rolls were fitting rejected Ford Granada brake calipers. Is that a bad, good thing? Well, it's a surprising thing. Yeah. Considering the See, quality, the build quality of those cars and yeah. also the, the cost of them. So that was on a YouTube channel called Tyrrell's Classic Garage. Hmm. Classic Car Workshop, which is a really good channel, I have to say. Uh, the guy that runs it knows his onions, without a doubt. He knows his onions. Yes, he does. Yes, so he... But he, does he know his apples from his potatoes? Who knows? I suspect he does. And he gets to drive <laughs> some really nice cars, which I'm very envious about. Right, so we're off on holiday now. Right. Yes. Yes. Soon. That's it. So... Holly Bobs. We're off until September. So the first Friday in September will be our next one. And in between, you get to hear some of our, what we think are quite good episodes, including the yes. first one, actually. The, yes. the one about digital pregnancy testers. That so was that quite was, interesting. That will be quite interesting, but I, I guess the sound quality won't be quite as good as it is now. Oh, it'll be different, won't it? Yeah, we've evolved over the last mm. 42 episodes. So have a good summer and we'll see you in September. See you later. That's it for this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can help spread Lippy and Grumpy's view on life by leaving a review on your favourite podcast platform. If you're not sure how to leave a review, or if you download from Spotify, there's some help at lippyandgrumpy.uk slash review. And if you would like to get in touch, email podcast at lippyandgrumpy.uk. So it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from him. Goodbye. Goodbye.